This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the W Debate. Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back night game. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. You jumped up and... That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Brennan, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I forgot. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies for Kirk Street and Atlanta's time will get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the only time zone that is a lock for the college football playoff. And that means it's time for Debbie debate no Felix Sharp again tonight and this is not a bit he is reviving his stand-up comedy career and that is why he's not with us tonight seriously that, that's 100% where he actually is uh, so I'm joined by Chris Moxley Matthew Bruning here again tonight two weeks in a row guys just the three of us this has been kind of nice I don't know that I want to go back to four people again here Chris I see you smiling too you feel it too <laughs> just, what's, what's that Will Smith song just the three of us <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something yeah, like that. I, didn't something like that. Right? I think there was a yeah, different yeah. meaning behind his, but yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, was there? You know, what happens in Canton stays in Canton kind of thing, you know? You know, you know the Kalamazoo promise. Yeah, it'll get you. <laughs> it get you. It it'll get, get you. you. <laughs> um, all right. So we, we uh, without Felix here, uh, I, I will fully admit things have kind of gone to crap in the background uh, in terms of us uh, having significant preparation for the show but we do have a couple of topics that we have been bandying about between the three or four of us all week that i think uh are are good discussion pieces uh here for us tonight but i think we have to start because felix isn't here to defend himself we have to reprise an old debate a fan favorite and it probably won't quite be as fun without felix here is it time to officially say that justin fields is the superior quarterback in the Fields-Wilson debate. Matt. 
I mean, I think it is. I was trying to pull some stats really quick. I, I failed miserably at that. I've I've been a little busy tonight. I'm surprised you don't some... just have these like memorized. Like... You know, I had some of them, which was even going into this season, Justin Fields had more QB one finishes or QB two, QB one and QB two finishes for fantasy combined than Zach Wilson has, who's actually started more games than Justin Fields up until this point. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's the fact for so far this year. I think Justin uh, Zach Wilson's only had one good week where he scored like 20 plus points. Justin Fields scored 40 something last week, 50 something like, and it's not even just the rushing upside in the fantasy. If that's what you want to put it to, I think you can clearly see he's developing more. I think some of that comes from they're willing to implement some more of these college, um, college offense stuff into their system. They're allowing him to use his legs more, which they clearly did not want him to do last year under nagging. It really seemed like to start the season, they were not wanting him to do either. I think they're just kind of letting him, show that he is one of the best athletes, I think, on the field, and they're letting him use that athleticism when there's nothing there. And realistically, there's nothing. I asked Moxley to put a meme together for me that I tweeted out on Monday, like Justin Fields and the Thanos thing, for anybody who's seen the Thanos movie, where he finally just puts the Infinity Gauntlet on. He's like, fine, I'll do it myself. Because that's what Fields has to do. He doesn't have any help whatsoever. And I think if you were to take him and put him with the New York Jets behind what would you say? Probably a top 15, 16 offensive line. Like I know they're not 10 top 10, but they're probably somewhere in the middle of the pack of the NFL and then give him the weapons that Zach Wilson has. I would guarantee you he is playing better and scoring better for fantasy than what Zach Wilson has been doing with the Jets so far this season. Did they have to kind of undo three years or two years of brainwashing at Ohio state where he wasn't yes. allowed to run? Like, I yes. think I don't know that the Bears didn't want him to run. I think they just had to, like, sit him in a chair, like, with his eyes peeled open like this, you know, like they do oh, in the movies. Orange. And they just, yeah. yes. And, like, yeah. just showed him film of running quarterbacks for, like, hours and hours and hours. Yeah. yeah I, I have no doubt. It's one of my biggest fears with CJ as well as, like, him making that transition to the NFL. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think Moxley has even mentioned this before, too. Like, that is just a very different system than anything you see in the NFL. And they also have a ton of talent around them as well, right? Like CJ Stroud, let's just say he goes to the, the Houston Texans. Even if he goes to the Detroit Lions, they don't have Mecca, Marvin Harrison, JSN, who are by far more talented than anybody the defense is going to be putting up against them at the college level. When they go to the NFL level, JSN, Marvin Harrison, Mecca, like those guys are going to be playing cornerbacks that equal that talent. CJ is going to have to use his mind, which I do think is one of the better parts of his game, but I think he's going to have to adjust that as well, as will as did Fields. And I think we're starting to finally see that come together. Like, I know two of us here, Moxley wasn't really here at the time that these debates were going down. I feel like two of us did not question Justin Fields' tools. And the fact that I think we said he had a higher ceiling than Zach Wilson, I think we're seeing that now. Everything's kind of starting to get put together for Fields, and I think it's just going to continue to rocket ship, ship up from here. This is still a quarterback who ran a 4 4 4 at the combine, right? Like athleticism was never a question with him. It was just, can we unlock it? <laughs> We're finally seeing that. And it, it's pretty dang good. Like he does not have any weapons. He has chased like the corpse of Nikhil Harry can't separate chase Claypool and whatever you think Darnell Mooney is, which is probably closer to a borderline two, three than a wide receiver one. So yeah, like, He's been awesome, and I was really skeptical coming in, but the athleticism has always been there. That has never really been the question. The tools are 
there. And he performed at a high level. The question for me had always been, can he cut down on how long he holds the ball and how many sacks he takes? That has always been his biggest issue. And him rushing takes away part of that. Like that is probably the solution to that issue. And I, I'm glad a coaching staff is finally realizing that. Cause like it was also an issue at Ohio state too. Like that was his biggest problem. So it wasn't like it was a non-issue in college. So I, Good on, good on the coaches for scheming it up a little bit. Well, I think the rushing thing in college is something we've talked about. I, I don't want to say it's been confirmed, but I would say in from people I've talked to and things that I've, I've seen, I would say it's like 99% confirmed. Ryan Day does not want them running. And if you go back to there's a couple games, his very first game with Ohio State where he was still <clears throat> kind of learning that offense, you saw him run a lot. It was also against, I can't remember who, I know Harrison Bryant was on that team. I can't remember what the team was that he was on. But the game where he ran the most in his entire career was the Michigan State game in 2020 COVID year. And the biggest signifier, the most significant factor in that game, if you go look at it, Ryan Day was not calling plays and was not the head coach of that game because he had COVID and he was sitting at home. Do you think he really sits on the sideline after every drive and is like hammering that into these guys? I yes. I, <laughs> don't you don't you take off? We need you healthy. So we need you to run our system. Here's real angry every time. It's a, why right or wrong. I've I've stated where I've had Devin Brown graded and Kyle McCord graded. Everybody brings up, well, Devin Brown's a better athlete, better arm talent, better all this other stuff. But I don't know that Devin Brown works as well in the structure of what CJ Stroud does and what we've seen Kyle McCord do when he's come in there. Now, Devin Brown has a whole season to, to take that over offseason, right? But my biggest thing with CJ and why we haven't seen him, what did they finally do in that Northwestern game? CJ Stroud ran the ball. Why? Chris Moxon, I know you were watching this because I saw you tweet it out. Even with the winds going 30, 40 miles per hour, what was Ryan Day still having C.J. Stroud try and do? Throw the ball. Ryan Day refuses to move away from his system and his place. It's just what he – we saw it again, and I'll use Northwestern. 20, it was the 2020 COVID champion, national champion – not national, uh, Big Ten championship game where Justin Fields literally got knocked out, hurt his wrist, and they still tried to throw the next four plays in a row. But finally, they just started to hand the ball to Trey Sermon, and he goes on and breaks a Big Ten and Ohio State record running ball because Northwestern can't stop the run. Like, he just refuses to run the ball. He believes in his system and what he is doing so much. It comes into that arrogance factor. We were a little bit ta- we were talking about a little bit in the Discord about coaches who have arrogance. Ryan Day has that where he believes his system works, and he wants his quarterbacks to operate within that structure. So, Do I think every time Justin Fields came off the field and Ryan Day was like smacking him on the helmet saying, don't run, don't run, don't run? No, but I guarantee that's what was coached up in in practice. I guarantee they were telling him, no, you don't run. You wait here till Chris Olave breaks here or Garrett Wilson does this or it opens up further down the field for you to go deep. They just, he does not want those guys to run. It's why he didn't want Tate Martell. Like Tate, (coughs) excuse me, not that Tate Martell could pass the ball anyways, but Joe Burrow. He's a fairly athletic quarterback, right? Like he's not the most athletic quarterback, but you'd probably put him on like the right around average of being able to run the ball, right? Like as a rusher. Ryan Day was a key factor in why Dwayne Haskins won the job over Joe Burrow. It was not Urban Meyer. That was the first year Ryan Day came over. They implemented his offense moving away from Urban Meyer's offense. Dwayne Haskins was the quarterback that that Ryan Day wanted. Why? 
because he operates within a structure. He had like one running play his entire year, and it was the first game against Michigan where it's supposed to be a read option play, and he kept it because he wanted to bulldoze a couple Michigan defenders to set the tone for the game. And then they went on to like absolutely spank him. He does not want his quarterbacks to run. That's why I think he's recruited Kyle McCord Devin Brown and Dylan Rayola. Dylan Rayola is not a rushing quarterback either. See, I think Rayola thrives outside of structure right now, though. I don't know how great he is inside of structure. That's going to be a very interesting. I was going to ask you about that next. So I don't disagree with that part, but to go to the Justin Fields thing, the reason Fields is the outlier compared to all the other quarterbacks Ryan Day had is because it was Tate Martell was their future because Joe Burrow transferred out. And I think Ryan Day saw what everybody else was like, dude, this dude's not a quarterback. Urban Meyer brought him in there because he's just a different version he's a more cockier version of jt barrett and so they went and got a justin fields like hey this kid i know can throw the ball he's a great athlete we'll get him to work within our system and i think he's going to be better in the nfl than he ever was at ohio state he had a pretty damn good career at ohio state because they're allowing him to use his legs when it comes to rayola i don't know what to think because i do agree with you i haven't seen a ton of his stuff because i've been so focused in on the 23 class but he does seem to work well outside of structure I'll be very curious to see, and I think this will be a big telling tale as well. If he comes in and we see him in a couple years and he's starting at Ohio State, and what is he doing? Three to five step drops, working behind the line of scrimmage, maybe moving lateral lateral, right and left a little bit when he needs to avoid rushes like C.J. Stroud does and never really runs, works within that structure, is going to be exactly what I'm telling you guys right now. Like That is Ryan Day. Like That's just who he is. Does he care about developing players for the next level? I don't think so. That because that's what the question I was going to ask because I don't think he does either, right? Like he has not shown the offense that he runs to be pro style, like a true pro style offense, and I don't think that he's shown his quarterbacks how to develop in a way that prepares them for the NFL. You can get a bunch of receivers in and and yeah. they're awesome, and like Brian Hartline does his thing. That's one thing, right? Yeah, but I. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just a little skeptical that he's actually interested in developing players rather than just winning on the the college side of things. But I don't know Ryan Day. I don't pay enough attention to the program to actually know what he's truly interested in. But that is that is a concern that I have like in the back of my mind that when you draft an Ohio State quarterback at the NFL level, he probably has a learning curve. I wonder what they would do without Brian Hartline there. Like, is he going to really, take a job or what? Like he, no, he needs to take not, a job. I don't somewhere. think so. He gets paid too much money. I also don't think he's qualified to do anything more than that. Make him an OC so, at a high-end job. That's the interesting. I don't know how many people know this. He got a quote-unquote promotion to like be like a – I forgot what they call his title. I believe he like has input in the play calling when it comes to, to wide receivers. I do think that he wants – to take some more responsibility. I don't think he wants to be a head coach though. Personally. Uh, I think nah, it's, he does. What, maybe what, what, what like assistant slash position coach slash coordinator does not want to be a head coach at some point, <laughs> whether or not Brian Hartland's ready is probably a different point, but I do think he could be an OC at a high end job. If he wanted to be, I don't know that he's qualified to do that. Like, I don't know. Uh, if he'd be good at he, that. I actually think the better he, job for him would be like if the Bears had come calling for Ryan Day and they would have just promoted him to head coach and he could have been like a CEO head coach. I actually think that would be a better job for him than an offensive coordinator. Like you I think Brian Hartline head Brian Hartline head coach at Ohio State is a better job than him going to OC at like 
Florida, for example. For him? Like Miami. As his next job? Yeah, because I think if he bombs as an offensive coordinator, then that that job might never come open again. Like I think he would be. Oh, it will. He how old is waiting. he? Matt, like in his oh, mid thirties. Yeah. I think you overestimate what he's doing there beyond recruiting and developing these wide receivers. Like we don't know if he's an offensive coordinator. We don't know if he yeah. can call plays. Like, he's he's very zero. highly regarded though as a position coach in the developer. Yes, yes, yes. Like I think I think any offense would be any offense. Hundred thirty one schools. So 120 was, offenses would be happy to have him like as a coordinator. I don't know. Maybe that's I, too high, but I, I really like Hartline. I think you hire him because he's a recruiter. You're not yeah. hiring him for his like acumen in terms of calling plays. anyway. Yeah. Well, so my, yes, my, my thing with that though, is too. It, not all these guys want to lead, like not all these assistants and offensive uh, coordinators, defense like want to leave. Like they've Look got Venables. Their, yeah, like Ven- how long did it take him to actually for, leave? Ever to go de- to like a decade. On top of that, like Larry Johnson's been a like I think you could argue one of the best developers of the defensive line, right? Especially what he's able to do at Ohio uh, State. I don't. He'll leave too if he wants. He if he wants, wants. They, he had the opportunity to go this year. Someone offered. I can't remember who it was. A co. A, there was a head coach that was or trying to get him last year, and he said no. For a head, I can't remember. I'll look into what it was, but they were offering him more money, and he said no. He wanted to stay at Ohio State. Now, one thing I think was different with Brian Hartline is he played there as well, right? Like that pulls on guy. Like that's why Venables went back to. Well, I don't know. Did Venables actually play at Oklahoma? I remember why he went back to Oklahoma. He was there He's, beforehand. He wasn't was he? there before. Yeah, yeah, he was there. I don't like, remember if he. I don't there. know that Brian Hartline, who like let's just be we talk about him glowingly in the way he's able to develop wide receivers and what he's done as a recruiter, right? Does he really want to go and take the Miami of Ohio head coaching job and go five, six wins every single year and make maybe roughly the same amount of money? Or does he want to stay where he's been successful and he's been propped up as maybe wait for something like Austin just mentioned where he becomes, I don't know that it would, I don't think it would happen, but maybe he gets promoted from within once Ryan day does leave. Cause I do think he will leave at some point. Like, I just don't think all these guys want to just go to be head coaches. I think a lot of guys like Venables, he waited for the right opportunity. Some of these guys are just going to wait for the right. They're not just going to take whatever jobs available and go. No, they, they won't. That that's true. I mean, Hartline could have jumped, even if it wasn't a head coach, like I am sure he could have been off the coordinator at a lot of schools if he really wanted to be, but He's waiting for the right opportunity, which is fine. Like, I mean, we just talked about Venables. That's what Venables did. How about uh, this? What Brian, you got? Hart, Brian Hartline, head coach, Auburn. Oh, God. <laughs> They'd be able to get some wide receivers. He'd in there, recruit. At least. He'd recruit. Yeah, he'd recruit. I, I think he could. Rec- I think he could recruit anywhere he went. Actually, I don't know. I he's not tied to the South, but I don't think that would be a big deal. For him. No, he's, I'm not advocating that. I was gonna say he he has no ties to the South, right? Yeah, no, I don't think but, that would have any capacity. Have you, like, he's been able to get wide receivers yeah, from all over the country. California, I don't think Arizona, no Texas, Miami, or Florida. Florida yeah, like, it's yeah, everywhere. He's, he's recruited everywhere. Yeah. So, what is, what Brian Hartline? Well, is he like, does have. Is he, a, is he a cool dude? I don't like, know. Is he cool? Because he doesn't I look very so. cool when I look at his like stock photo in the Ohio State directory. Like he does not seem like a cool guy. But I don't know Brian Hartline. I don't know. All the players seem to love him. They're always tagging him on on social media and all that other stuff. So I would think so. I don't know. He's probably like the 
the the cool like uh the cool uncle right and, and the thing like he lets ryan day be the guy who like reprimands all of them that he's like ah oh, guys don't worry about it he's just having a bad day kind of thing i'm a cool coach i'm not yeah. like those other yeah coaches. he's the cool coach um <laughs> Back to back to your the, your QB thing though. I feel like we talked a lot about that with the Quinn Ewers thing when he first uh, reclassified and came to Ohio State. We had like a massive conversation about like the the quarterback room um, and what that meant. I don't think that he's a great developer of quarterbacks, but I don't think it matters because it's viewed that way. And the fact that he was able to get Dwayne Haskins first round draft capital after one year. CJ Justin Fields went last year. CJ is going to go this year. I think outside of like some massive failure on their part, Kyle McCord or Devin Brown will eventually get there as well. So like, I think he's always going to be viewed that way because of the stats and the points that they'll put up. It's going to be against big 10, uh, big 10 defenses. And he recruits the right guys, which I think is the main part, right? Like Dylan Rayola is a guy that I think could come in there and be good enough to be a first round draft capital guy, even if he never really develops the way we want, like we see the tools now and it continues to develop. If that makes sense. Like Ryan day is not going out there and recruiting a four star. Like, I mean, he did bring in Brock Glenn, but I don't think Brock Glenn's going to be like the starter. Of like that's not the guy I think they end up bringing in to start for their program while he's there. If that makes sense, he's bringing in the best of the best. So I think it is hard to say he's not there. Even if they develop just a little bit, they're going to, say Ryan Day's developing quarterback. So I do think there's a serious conversation that should be had there. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, like that's just perception, right? And that that's a whole different question about whether or not the scheme is how responsible is the scheme for producing talent and vice versa. Like Dwayne Haskins was clearly not a first round quarterback, like looking back. So I just I don't know. I have questions about about it the same way I think we all do about what it looks like moving forward and who you can actually trust out of this quarterback room. The NFL, I think, views the quarterback as a position that needs to be developed when they get there regardless. So with how good Ohio State is at recruiting, like just the recruiting machine that is in place there, same at you know Alabama and, and, and Georgia at this point too, I don't even know if Ryan Day needs to de actually develop these guys for them to all go round one because they're all going to be former five-star guys. They're all going to have every single tool in their tool belt that you could ever want, and they'll be coming from a, a big school in, a, in one of the top two conferences in the country. And like, they'll produce I, more than I, likely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think that there's anything beyond I mean, we're, we're talking about Will Levis as a potential first-round draft pick, and I this was, guy like can't, bring that up, can't play quarterback at all. Like. There's there's no way that these guys at Ohio State won't just keep getting drafted at that clip. Yeah, I mean, I, I I have to agree with you on that point because as you just mentioned, Will Levis is because of the tools, right? Like that's all anybody, if you look at any of the draft people, like I'm not trying to mock them. I know I say that mockingly all the time, but like that's what all these these draft nicks say is like, oh well, he's got the tools. And so it's what we've talked about before. It was just I just talked about how Ryan Day is arrogant. You don't think NFL coaches and GMs are? They absolutely are. And they think they see Will, Le Will Levis. They say, oh, he's a, how does the saying go? He's a, a ball of clay, and we're going to mold him into what we think he can be. I just think that that fails more often than it does than it, than it works out. I think the NFL's proven that with as many quarterbacks as they've drafted in the first round since go back to the beginning of time, and how many of these quarterbacks flame out compared to the ones that actually end up working out. I think... Will Levis, there's very few places if he were to get drafted in the first round, I would trust possibly being able to turn him around. I personally don't think it's there. Um, 
but I mean, he's going to go first round, whether we think so or not. Like that's, that's the weird thing. Like, I hate to say this. Cause like, I don't disagree with some of the stuff you said on campus life um, on, on Tuesday, Austin about Hendon hooker. Like he probably is a third round pick. He's probably going to go in the first round because people are going to look at him and they're saying, you know what? He's got some tools. He's got some rushing upside. They're going to look at whether we think the offense is gimmicky or not. What Bryce Petty got drafted in the second round. Did he not? by the New York Jets, like, and Hendon Hooker's better than him, like, and he's doing it in the SEC, which they overvalue, in my opinion, for some reason. Like, I would not be surprised if he's a back-end round of the first-round pick. I don't think he should go there, but it's probably going to happen. One final question on the on Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and then uh, we'll move on to something else here. Uh, if you had to pick one wide receiver from the 2023 class to go to Chicago in this draft, who do you pick? It's a good question. It's good radio. It's really good radio. J- JSN uh, yeah. familiarities is kind of interesting, right? So here's um, the problem. I, I don't drafting. Here's the I don't want to draft it. JSN if I'm here's the bear. Here's the problem with taking JSN. Claypool has to play in the slot. Claypool is literally not capable of playing on the yeah. boundary. Claypool stinks. They shouldn't make their draft decisions around that. I know they gave so up a second. They should because like, they just they, spent their yeah. second round draft. They shouldn't, they shouldn't like, logically. I think though. you have to. You have to um, take that into consideration. So I wouldn't even say JSN. JSN didn't have that great of a season with just like there. I, I don't, I think that's overrated. They have that. Like he didn't want to throw to JSN to begin with. It was Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave that year, his final year. Oh, tr- tr- like trouble in paradise. JSN had like six catches. I don't think JSN's the answer. As weird as it's going to be, like it's between Addison and Quentin Johnson. And I yes. think it'd be Johnston would be my pick because yes. he is big. Like I could see him very much being, he's, Definitely better than this player, but like I could see him being Chris Olave for what Olave was at Ohio State, or at least the way they used him on just like those outside goes, get open deep. And we know like Fields are doing that now to freaking Darnell Mooney. And Darnell Mooney at his 5'10 is going up and getting the ball, right? I think it makes it a little bit easier for a guy like Quentin Johnson. I think I'd personally like Jordan Addison more because I think he's very much, he's much better at separating and finding. And I know Fields does not care. Like he'll force the ball into anywhere. He doesn't have an issue with that. But I think Quentin Johnson probably fits that off better and would be the better fit overall and i think they could probably get him later on either trade back into the first or possibly even the second round i don't know that quentin johnson's going first round oh he's going top 20 top 15 you think so i mean maybe oh, yeah. he blows the combine up but he probably which he will he's a really really good athlete i mean i i really think that johnson's gonna be top 15 picks pick so if the bears want him they need to take him early uh, i johnson is probably a good call um they should just wait though and take Andre Yusovis from Princeton, who's closest athletic comp, Quentin Johnston. That's oh, who they should it's take. Not that's, I, it's not that's Randy the, Moss. Like I, this isn't like a mocking question. I thought it was like Randy Moss or something. Like no, that. I'm pretty sure it's Quentin Johnston. Johnston. Or you know DK Metcalf. It's one of them. But the funny thing is, that's exactly what the Bears will do. They'll draft some like shitty linebacker in the first round and then take him in like the fifth round and be like, Oh, well we talked to Justin Fields and Justin Fields said, this is the guy that he wants on draft day. And then it'll yeah. be Velas Jones. Him and Velas Jones can sit together yeah. on the sideline yeah. and hang out together. Oh, Best you guys. got, you guys are disrespecting under your service. Right. I don't, I won't, I won't stand for it. So I actually, so we did not previously talk about this topic at all. I'm throwing this to you guys totally cold here. This is great for a live show. Um, there, the Shrine Bowl this year has said that they're going to try to get 
uh, announcements out earlier because they want to try to fight for that kind of supremacy of the the all-star games like senior all-star games like that's their goal it will never happen but they want to do that so they're sending out some invites early this year and they sent one out today that i thought was really interesting to zay flowers a wide receiver there at boston college because i think if you have an inkling that you're going to get the invite from the senior bowl then you don't accept your shrine bowl invite this early like you you know you sit on it or or maybe if the Shrine Bowl had any inkling that he was going to get that offer, they don't send it this early. Guy, can you know, can you not reject, or can you not accept and then like renege on the offer? I think you can, but you I think what like can. what is your punishment from going from this? So, like, so here's here's how this has generally worked in the past. The Shrine Bowl has generally said this pool of players is probably getting invited to the Senior Bowl, and then they've kind of kicked it down to that next group yeah. of player on the initial invites. But they're going to be more aggressive with it moving forward here. From what everything they've said, like that is their goal. They also got they also got Aiden O'Connell as well, who oh, I thought they? was going to be a senior. That. Yeah, he. Uh, uh, wait, is I mean, that public? Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to get Aiden O'Connell if they have it if they have it already. <laughs> Where, where, which one Breaking of you had that news. That just happened? I thought it was already announced. Or did we have inside information right on now. this? Or? I, I, as this, <laughs> the Shrine Bowl is doing a good job of adding players that you might think are going he to the Senior Bowl. You are correct. Okay. 11 okay. hours ago. <laughs> 11 hours ago. <laughs> so, so just no like I thought. Just like I thought. Just <laughs> 11 hours ago, Aiden O'Connell accepted an invite to the East-West Shrine Bowl. Great. Just like I thought. But Aiden O'Connell and Zay Flowers are big gets for them, in my opinion, because I thought both were going to go to the senior poll. So the real question I wanted to ask here uh, to start off with is, does that mean that Zay Flowers might not be the player that some of the Debbie community thinks he is? Like, I think this is a worrying sign for him. Probably. Like... What like yes? I what does the Davy community think he is though? Like, is he a, a second round pick? Probably nice. Probably a third rounder. And if you're a third rounder, I don't think going to Shrine Bowl is all that bad. I I am a little surprised that he's going there over the Senior Bowl because I really thought that's what he would be doing. But like, he's probably a third rounder. Like, that's kind of he's probably on the borderline of, of players. And if getting that invite early means something to him, then like, there's going to be scouts there. It's in Vegas. Like, everybody's going to go out and have a good time. It's not like it's really gonna matter for a guy like Safe Flowers, in my opinion. But and, and good players have come from the Shrine Bowl. Oh, fact. absolutely. It's just usually like if you're thought of as the, you know, well, a, a day two wide receiver, you're probably not going to the Shrine Bowl. I think so he like, will go day two for what it's worth. The the big I think the big difference between the two right now is and I've never been to either, so I can only go based on things I've heard from like people who have been to both, is like the Shrine Bowl, while it is attended by scouts like Chris Mox, who just said everybody goes to the to the senior bowl everybody like you have gms you have assistant coaches you have sometimes nfl coaches you have nfl coaching staffs running the yeah like the senior bowl is a much bigger deal but i do think that you can back i want to say a player did back out of the east west shrine bowl a couple years ago but i believe it actually hurt their draft stock or i don't know we the Twitter community said that it would because it's like, oh, you can't do that. And I don't remember who the wide receiver was. Did he? Did um, he quit that one to go to the Senior Bowl? Or did he just quit? I, it to like I not think he do just one? did not go at one all. Is like bad. And the he was bad. he was a guy that we all liked, and then he didn't go, and we were like, oh, I wonder what this is going to mean for him. And he ended up going in like the fifth round, and it's a Isaiah Weston. 
No, I have no. I, I actually have no idea. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, I don't even know who that is. No, no, it was a big name. I watched it MIU. Like it was a it was a player that a lot of people thought could be like I should say big, but like a sleeper in the class. And then he didn't go. And we're like, oh, I wonder what this is gonna mean. And like it did end up hurting. I don't know if it hurt his draft, but he ended up going later than we thought. And I just I really wish I could remember the name of the player. And it's gonna drive me crazy now that I can't remember who it is. Well, you think of it, and we'll stall for you. Um, yeah, we got all night. Realistically, who do we think some of the senior wide receivers are that go to the Senior Bowl this year? We were we were tossing this around in, with amongst our Devi group uh, today in the Slack. Jalen Wright, uh, Cedric Tillman, Rasheed Rice. Who's Jalen Wright? Sorry, uh, Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt's not a Ron. senior. Oh, is he a third year player? Yeah, he's a third year player. Like a true third year player? True third year player. Oh wow! I just assumed that he was a redshirt because he hadn't done anything for. For the last couple of years, me too. No. Cedric, <laughs> Cedric Tillman, Rasheed Rice, I think I think are two really good ones. I think you'll get a handful of G five guys who are pretty interesting. Um, I think Jaden Reed will go. Jaden Reed will go. Um, Cowing? Me? Does Cowing get an invite? Yeah, he will for sure. Uh, I I don't think Isaiah Nayor is going to be healthy, but if he is, I think he could go. I almost think Nayor has to go back. I love that we're yeah. just skipping over the place here tonight. This is fun. Yeah. I don't, I think Isaiah Naor has to go back. I do too. I, we we the only tape of him we have is him dunking on bad schools at Wyoming, where He's he was the really only good though. target. I I don't know. I think a year at, at Texas would. I mean, you risk like not getting drafted at all if you don't come back from the knee injury. But I mean, ACL surgery is like I'm not going to take anything for granted. But modern medicine has made the ACL recovery significantly yeah. easier than it was 20 years ago. Do you think Keelan Stokes is not a junior? Do you think he's he a sixth-year gets... player? I don't know. Do you think he gets to the Shrine Bowl? What's the one below the Shrine Bowl? Hula Bowl. I could see him as a Hula Bowl guy, maybe. All right. yeah, that's I where think, uh, I don't think he's a draftable player right now. Uh, I'm trying. Charlie Jones. Does he get to the Charlie Jones? Chuck Sizzle. Is one Chuck that... Sizzle. Sorry. Charlie. Oh, someone clipped that. Uh, Charlie Jones is one that we were talking about that we think the NFL is going to give him a shot. We and our I do, our, I do too. our barometer was like, is he any worse than Bo Melton? And we were all seem to agree that he's probably not worse than Bo Melton, so he probably should. Melton Melton had some uh, special team stuff. Xavier Hutchinson, who's a fifth year player. Tyler Johnson. I've been thinking all day long about <laughs> like the last ten minutes. And I don't remember if it was the Senior Bowl, the East West. I'm pretty sure it was the East. It may have been the Senior Bowl. I, don't I think remember. it was the Shrine Bowl. I think it right. was Tyler Johnson. He was obviously Minnesota. Everybody was all excited about. It. I was like, "Oh, this guy is going to be a first round, maybe second round pick." And then what did he go in like the fourth or fifth round? And he bailed out of that game. That's who it was. I'm almost positive. You need to have some baseline athleticism if you're going to play a wide receiver. He did not have it. But yes, we all thought he was going to go like round to like day two of the worst. Um, Nathaniel Dell's a lock for the senior bowl, right? Yeah. yeah. This, does yeah. Nathaniel Dell have some special teams upside in the NFL? Because some, some of those guys get into I think Charlie Jones does actually. Like, I think I think Charlie teams. Jones does too. So I think that it, will help. Nathaniel him. Dell's so small, like, he's 155. Like, yeah, he's are smaller, you really gonna roll him out? Like, think of Calvin Austin, he's smaller than Calvin Austin. I yeah. think he might be a better football player than Calvin Austin. How dare but, you? I'm no, I'm yeah. sorry. That was a that was a little bit of a shot at you, Matt. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Trey Palmer, who I believe is a fourth year player. Yeah, he is, I think. So he's a senior. In, I, I know he's yeah, a senior. senior bowl or lower bowl. 
Trey Palmer's one I have no idea what to do with. I will be completely honest. He had pretty good recruiting pedigree, didn't he? Yeah, I think he's a four-star. Um, I would bet he gets Senior Bowl. How many do they even invite to the Senior Bowl? Like, you gotta have two teams worth 10, 12. Yeah. Like, so how many so. have we named? I was too busy trying to think of Tyler Johnson. I only remember is like that where you names. went. I no, no, my, my wife said something to oh. me, and I was trying to. He, like, he went to his encyclopedia. You didn't want, you, I couldn't even find it. I started Farmer's looking through draft classes because, like, I just put like <laughs> player who left East West Shrine Bowl and that didn't pull anything. I was like, I well, I googled like, I googled the two for you. If that I had like really Tyler better. Wallace stuck in my head. It's like I know it wasn't Tyler. I know it was a big wide receiver with a T, and now I'm just like trying to scroll through the Rolodex, figure out who it was. Uh, At Perry. I feel like he's an East West Shrine. Bowl so guy. I yeah, think he is so too. At Perry is a guy that some of the Debbie Twitter sphere really, really likes, and I've watched a lot of At Perry, and I have literally never come away thinking he's anything more than like a six round NFL draft pick. I have no idea what these people are talking about. I don't. I don't think he is either. Uh, those he's... people probably don't know what they're talking about either. If they're saying yeah. that At Perry is like a second round guy, because I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, what about Jalen Cropper? I don't know. Uh, East West Shrine Bowl. He's like borderline for me. I think he could make the senior bowl. He just hasn't gotten any better. That's Jalen Cropper's big problem. Yeah. He's been, I I can't play play like first year. I was like, he's going to make the jump. And then I was like, he's going to make, he still hasn't made the jump. He's the same guy he was. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm just looking through receiver, receiving yard leaders to see who I think could go. That's it. That's it. That's what, that's all I'm doing. Um, Yeah. I mean, See what we've been reduced to, Felix, when you're gone. I know you're in the <laughs> chat. I saw you. I just don't think there's honestly that many good options this year. Yeah. If I'm being honest, like, I just, I, I just don't think this is a very good. Puka. Uh, yeah, with what we've seen, that he he'll go to the Senior Bowl. I think. I, I want to say Zakari Franklin, but I, I do not think that he will be at the Senior Bowl, just by his production. And I we're think not he will. going to, and we're not going to speculate on the show as to why. If you want more information, DM one of us. <laughs> yes, I uh, don't think he's going to make the Senior Bowl. I don't think Chris Thornton at James Madison is going to make the Senior Bowl, but I think he's going to make Shrine the Bowl. Shrine Bowl or the Hula Bowl. Um, Sam, Sam Wiggles, former Ohio State wide receiver Sam Wiggles. Sorry, former Ohio State walk-on wide receiver Sam Wiggles. Yeah, so he was Ohio State wide receiver. We know what their pedigree looks like, and especially when they transfer. Wigglus doesn't sound like like Wigglus does not sound like an NFL wide receiver name. I don't think he can do that. He that sounds like a guard that played at like North Dakota. Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> like, that doesn't yeah. sound like a, a wide receiver in the NFL. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. No, I I agree with that. Uh, CJ Johnson. He's a fourth year player, right? Senior. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one. I I think he might have similar concerns about so East West. Yeah, he might. I be don't know that West. that coaching staff has been very complimentary about him now that he's back, though. But he hasn't been doing much. Has they have they been that complimentary though? I mean, they suspended him like he's a good six That's six it. months ago. No, they said <laughs> like, that he had he did everything that he needed to do to get back in there. That he's been a model, whatever since then. Okay, it's like they did say that he's like. No, they, they said they called there, man. I don't want to. And then you go look. You go look it up. It's like he's on the roster. He's a football player. So he he's he is a football player that helps he us win games. Game. What about no? That's that's a little. I'm 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 reaching now. I it's not a really deep 
receiver class when especially when you look at like the upper levels of like seniors like fourth fourth and fifth year players like i just yeah. don't think there's a lot of them in this class like i don't think Jadon hazelwood's getting invited oh what about mitchell tinsley he's definitely going to the senior bowl right do we mention him oh, i don't think so i think he's more of a shrine bowl guy I like that we spent the last 15 minutes just Man, listing all players. It's like episode. more of a senior bowl. <laughs> it's great content. What about Mac Hippenhammer? He all is right. he a hula bowl guy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, yeah. Hope he, I hope he enjoys it too. It'd be a great time. Yeah, I would rather play the hula bowl, man. Get so a trip hot. to Hawaii. Although I've heard some like really shitty stories about that. The hula bowl or Hawaii? Uh about the hula bowl, like in terms because Hawaii's really nice. I just prom yeah. promises being made that that were not kept um to players. I would, I would hope you think Hawaii's nice. I've never been. I, I was talking about Moxley. For those of you who don't know, after you know, with the website getting as big as it is, he doesn't actually import those. He flies to Hawaii and buys those, and then flies back home. Yeah, I use Austin's private jet. Actually, yeah. If you're watching live, I have my Hawaiian shirt. Um. Austin has been very gracious, actually, to lend it. We have a private airport probably eight to ten minutes from here. Flies it right in, lets me take it whenever I want. Well, we'll let Felix use it to get the Elite 11, and we'll reimburse no. him on his gas, but he'll let Moxley fly all the way to Hawaii to get his Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> I will never reimburse Felix's gas, <laughs> just out of pure spite at this point for how many times he's asked me to reimburse him gas. Sorry you live Oh, far away from everything, bro. I I don't know what you want from me. I feel like he could have picked a closer Elite Eleven. He was one who picked wanting to go all the way to that one. But it is what it is. It's Felix for you. He has been. He hasn't been saying anything in the chat. He fell asleep, dude. It's 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 ten fifteen. He's out. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what time. Third nap his, of the day. I don't know what time his stand up actually was. He just said it conflicted. Yeah. So that could mean anything. I don't really know. All right. One last little debate here, guys, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Felix, this is actually the one that Felix really wanted us to talk about, and I feel like an ode, an ode to him will uh, will hit. So Dalton Cates, if you, if you don't follow Dalton on Twitter, it's at Dalton underscore Cates. Very uh, difficult to find there. Um, tweeted out something that I think is really interesting. Um, contributing to kind of that, you know, can a college team beat an NFL uh, team debate? This is what he said, guys. He said, let's say the Houston Texans were playing the Georgia Bulldogs this weekend. Vegas made the Texans 48 and a half point favorites. Who were you taking? And this is a little different than the normal, you know, oh, they could beat the Browns, which was the thing for years because the Browns sucked for 20 years straight. Well, they still suck. Oh. Um, 48 and a half points. Georgia's defense is the guy like legit. Every single player on that team is going to play in the NFL. Like, I I don't know. What do we do? We think they could cover it. That's seven touchdowns, basically. Yeah. No, Houston. Give me Houston. Give me okay. Houston still with the seven touchdowns. I didn't. So I, I didn't be, want to be the first person to say it, but I agree. look. Here's the thing. Yes, Georgia has NFL players all over their defense. Not all those guys are. Here's. I guess this is the easy way to put it. If you were to take the Georgia defenders and put them on Houston Texans defense, there's probably a handful of them that are starting right away. Not all of them are starting right away. You were to probably supplant all of Houston Texans roster and put them on Georgia. 99% of them are starting right now for Georgia. Like, I hate this argument. It is completely stupid. I, Who's I, better, I, Davis Mills or Stetson Bennett? Davis Mills. Oh, I hate really to say Giraffe is better, but he's better than Stetson Bennett. Like, 
If, even if you don't yeah. want to go that route, if you want to say that Georgia's defense could get some stops on them, that's fine. But eventually they have to put their backups in. And guess what? Houston Texans backups are better than most of the starters Georgia has on their starting defense. Like it's, it's completely different. And I'm glad it was interesting because I was having this conversation about something completely different today. But then when Felix dropped that in our, our text messages, it kind of applied to the conversation I was having. I was talking with someone who who goes to a lot of high school games down here in Texas and watches these games. And we start talking about this wide receiver that he he has watched playing at Boswell High School, talked about how great he is. He's massive, one hand and catches out there, all this stuff. And he's like, this kid's going to be phenomenal at the next level. Like, oh, snap. That's awesome. What's his offer level? Oh, uh, Vandy. Cool, bro. So, like, the, and my point with that is you can be the best at what you do in a certain area, but when you go to college football, now you're playing the best of the best all over the country. And that's the same thing when you go to the NFL. That's great that they're doing it in the SEC, and I know that the SEC gets this bump up that they're the best conference. Sometimes people talk about them like they're the AAA to the NFL, but there's still a massive jump you have to take from going from college to the NFL. Like I think there's a better argument for you to say, give me the college football all-star team against Texas, and then maybe I'll say they're actually able to cover. They're not going to beat the Houston Texans. But if you're telling me you could put a Caleb Williams out there behind the best five offensive linemen in college and give him Jordan Addison and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Brock Bowers and Michael Mayer as his tight ends, like you put this all-star team together, maybe they score a touchdown or two against Houston. But you just take the Georgia team, say, hey, you're going to go play Houston. I, I think Houston blows them out. Maybe they get a field goal. Maybe. Could not agree more. When you see spreads in college, like the top team in the FBS and the bottom team in the FBS, like it's 47 points. Imagine going from the NFL to the top team in college. Like, that's a huge guy. Every single player starting on the Houston Texans is an NFL player. Georgia probably has like seven. NFL so just, just because you're on the Houston Texans, does that make you an NFL player? Just for the record, like but, there is some sort of baseline when you say, NFL like you're, player. yes, I'm, I'm just, I'm I, just, I think, I think so. The argument is like, yes, you might not be like at like very good compared to your NFL peers. But, like, who on the Georgia offense do you think is starting for the Texans offense? Brock Bowers. I don't think he's starting right now. I think yeah, he's, he's too small. He's too small. Yeah, he'll get beat he's up. too small. And, like, that's my other points. Like, you, you're also talking about, like, I get, like, I, I'm trying to think, like, Branson Robinson. We talk about how he's already, like, NFL weight, right? Like, he's NFL size. But there's still a difference of you going from a college weight room program to the NFL. And just the difference that that takes. And and I just think people underrate that. They just think, oh, well, because this guy gets drafted in the first round, because we talk about there, there's five guys on Georgia's defense that are being talked about being drafted in the first and second round that they can go compete against Houston. But all those guys were drafted, and most of those guys were drafted probably in the top three or four rounds. Even though Houston is a not a good NFL team, that talent is still better than what Georgia has as a culmination. Yeah. Not necessarily saying that the Georgia there's some Georgia players that aren't better, than what Texas has on the Texans have on the defense, there are, but the culmination, it, you can't win. It's not basketball. I'm talking about the Georgia basketball team going to go play the Houston Rockets. It's a football team, and the culmination of all eleven pieces on offense and defense would blow out the Georgia team. I think Georgia, two Georgia players could start for the Texans right now: Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. 
who's no one's business hurt, but let's pretend he's healthy. No Ringo. No, Ringo's way too raw. Like he, I don't think he's even had a very good year. Uh, Tennessee game was probably his best game of the year, but there's no chance say, that Ringo. He, he looked good against Tennessee. Start. I thought. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't think that he would start against uh, in in that secondary. I think they have two players, Carter Smith. I made maybe Bradford Jones on the offensive line, but like the Texans would wax Georgia easily. It just when you have NFL talent across the board at 53, 53 deep, it's really hard to argue with that. So I, I personally would make this spread like 60, 65, maybe. <laughs> I actually think that number is pretty generous. Well, we know that no matter what would happen, Lad McConkey would somehow score. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's show, guys. <laughs> Apologies to Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet. We could not get him on. I think he's actually at the thing watching Felix, so hopefully he'll uh, he'll let us know how Felix did. Um, uh, uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, with Felix. But until next time, guys, that's Matt Bruning. That's Chris Moxley from Austin Ace. Good night and good luck. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter and Bob caught it. Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. For the freshman. He made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.